We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Presented by Under Armour and Sleeper Fantasy, welcome to Light Years, a morning after edition of Light Years. We're recording this 10 a.m. Sunday morning. Kind of feel good that we didn't go live right after the game. Um, I always get FOMO, not going live right after the game, but uh, sleeping on it, feeling a little more measured, feeling well rested. The sun's out, NFC, AFC Championship weekend. Um, got a little more perspective than what I would have had last night. Yeah, I it it feels like if we do this after all the Warriors close elves, maybe we'd be happier people. But you know, you know, it's always fun. The Light Years podcast, <laughs> the Light Years podcast is always uh, is always there when people are at their most passionate, which is mm-hmm. the best part of the show. And uh, yeah. and and we're here after. Where I think we're gonna be, maybe be a little more measured today. I'm I'm generally a little bit more optimistic about the Warriors right now. Um, maybe not long term, but kind of just looking at them like here back mm-hmm. for the last week and for, for the whatever moving forward. But um, I don't know, Sam. It's it's nice to watch. I think what the NBA's game of the year last night, yeah. even though the Warriors lost. It's just nice to watch that Steph and LeBron are still still those dudes. It is absolutely the game of the year. By the way, shout out to Warriors Latam in the chat. My Argentinian Warriors community, they did their first watch party on playback last night. Huge success. It's been so fun watching international communities geek out over um, NBA games on the platform. And I mean, that was the game of the night. I feel like my number one takeaway from last night, uh, and I don't know if I'd have said it in the immediate aftermath of the agony of that loss was, I've gone from hating LeBron to begrudgingly like respect in terms of these two dudes have been going at it for a decade. They've been carrying the league for a decade. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say in the backdrop of Embiid ducking Jokic right before it. Oh boy. They're, they just, they feel like they're the last two of a dying breed. You know what I'm saying? Last (laughs) still sucks. They lost last night, but you know, just the, the competitiveness, the, like, let's be honest. The Lakers are the 10 seed. The Warriors are the 12 seed. They're not good right now. 
I don't think either of them are realistic contenders. Maybe the trade deadline changes that. Maybe it doesn't. Those guys still came out with professionalism and competitiveness because they wanted to win and put on by far the best show of the season. Yes, sir. Uh, I just don't know if you can count on that with any of the younger stars in the league right now. So even if he's, even if he's warriors villain, number one for the last decade. uh, And I know, that the warrior core guys kind of feel this way too. Like when you face a guy that much, it's, it's kind of a tip of the cap type of thing. You gotta, you gotta kind of enjoy it. Cause I don't know how many more years we're going to get of this. I think they're both back next year on their prospective teams, but I, I mean, it's not gonna be another five years. I, 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 it, it takes so much. I, this is, this is why I woke up. This is what I was thinking about. Like, I wasn't thinking about should the warriors trade for, for, for Dejounte Murray. Like I just woke up and I was like, man, like looking back at these guys, They've hated each other. They've liked each other. Um, LeBron has been a, I think kind of like a huge fan of Steph. Steph was looking up to LeBron. Then they hated each other during those Cleveland finals, right? Then KD came over, and he was part of that rival rivalry. And now it feels like the guys, they don't hate each other anymore. I, I don't think they love each other, but I think they respect each other. I think you, you go through that game, and LeBron, career high in rebounds. Steph, 46 points. Game Should have been the game-winning three. And you just kind of think to yourself, who the hell – who on earth in the next five years is going to make the NBA like this? It doesn't take one guy, Sam. Like, we're, It doesn't just take one guy to be like Steph. It doesn't take one guy to be like LeBron. You got to have two guys. You got to have two guys that care enough to carry the, the league like this. Not like to, to care about – like they care about the NBA as a product, as, as they want to be the face, right? They want to push the NBA to, right. to bigger things, and they've done that. Steph and LeBron care to do that. I just, I just don't know if there's anyone that today that is as good as these guys. One, that's the most important part. And two, <laughs> care to do that. Care to do that, right? These guys nowadays, and I don't mean to like hate on guys. It's just, look a at these two. Though. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But at the end of the day, there's nobody as good as these two guys, I don't think, for the next five years. Maybe Jokic. And then even then, does Jokic really care? And these guys, just they, they just give a fuck every single day, no matter what. It's it's amazing. It, it makes it makes me happy, even though again, like the Warriors, yeah. but it makes me happy. I mean, whatever you think of LeBron, uh, and there's some probably selfish goals in it. The dude wanted to be seen as big as Michael Jordan, and everything uh, he's ever done has been in context of like trying to prove he's the greatest of all time. And then the biggest compliment you can give to Steph is he's psychopath enough to come at that guy and want to prove he's that he's that good too. You know, Um, a lot of the bad blood between the two was basically Steph wasn't supposed to be there. Remember, no one saw Steph coming, not at this level. We might've liked him beforehand, but no one thought he was gonna be the face of the league. Um, and, And just the pride and competitiveness that goes between those two. Like, again, on the thumbnail, I'm sure, you know, everyone got a nice laugh out of it. They look like old men and that sort of thing. But it's like, dude, they're, LeBron's the oldest player in the league. Steph, top five oldest at this stage of his career. Uh, and they're, they're still the two faces of the league. And I don't think it's particularly close in that regard. Um, yeah, I don't know. We sound like old men, you know, yelling at the clouds a little bit. But it's, you know, it's, it's just not going to be the same. I see the chat mentioning Wemby and Chet. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I like what I one. see from them. Maybe they one. will be. But if I'm looking at it honestly right now, like, as you said, Jokic has the talent, but he just kind of, he's got like a Tim Duncan 
mentality Ooh. mixed with wanting to yeah. just kind of go chill in Serbia with his horses. Embiid, I'm sorry, fraud, just a total fraud. Uh, and then like a lot of the other guys in that age range, like I don't really know what to think about in general. So we'll see where the NBA goes. More than anything, I just wanted to start off by like appreciating the fact that yep. these two yep. dudes still put on a show by far the game of the year. I don't, I don't even think it's a question yep. at this point. Yeah. And so let's get to it. All right. Another Warriors heartbreaker. <laughs> uh, only the 44th of the season, right? <laughs> it it's, feels- it's, it's amazing to me that they've only played 40-ish games this season. It's amazing because it's felt like 100. I, I don't know how they've not played 100 games. 43 games on the season. 31 or 32 have been in clutch time, which is defined as a five-point game down the stretch. That's absurd. Of those 32, I would say half of them went down to the last possession. Uh, Just not good for your health to constantly go down to the last possession, particularly when the last two, uh, you you were traveling, so we didn't pod for the Kings game. But it's just same thing, lose when you can't get a stop at the end, frustrating, you're angry. Uh, you felt like they did everything they could have to win that game. They should have. And then you just walk away with it an L. You saw how frustrated Steph was at the end of that game, uh, ripping the jersey. He knows he knows one break, and they're 3-0 and since returning from the layoff, and everyone's like, oh, they're turning the corner. Things are going well. And instead, it's one and two with two losses on last possessions. And we're sitting here going like, man, it's not good for my health. I, I don't I, – I can't imagine them – to me, watching these last two games, I don't think they figured anything out, though. That's the thing. That, that's the concerning thing about this team is even if they had won the games, are you feeling that much better than being 3-0? I don't want to be the bad guy, but, like, they don't play any defense, Sam. Like, 48 minutes a game and last night, 58 minutes a game. I mean, look, Sam, it looks – oh, Sam, looks Steph is frustrated. He rips his jersey. Um, but I just don't – I don't think this team is figuring anything out long term because they they can't defend and their offense in crunch time is basically just Steph save us. And while that works sometimes, it didn't work last night and he did his best to save me at 12 points in second overtime. It's just what there's not much you can do other than, okay, maybe they win these two. Do you feel that much happier? I mean, you're happier, but do you feel like anything is going to change? And that's why, to me, if you're the Warriors front office, you can't just look at these games and think we're going to make a decision based on these games. It was obvious what their weaknesses were for weeks, if not months now, regardless of whether they're, what, 19 and 24 or 24-19, because they could easily be 24-19. The issues are the same, no matter what. It's a fair point, but as I sleep on it, I kind of am coming out the opposite way where I do think they're stumbling. Stumbling is not the right word, but they're coming on to something. And I really do think that uh, Wiggins, Kuminga, Draymond, small ball lineup is working. So I'll, I'll put some numbers out here for you just because I, I was toiling around with it. Yeah. The starters last night were plus 16 against the Lakers. Ooh. Since they've returned from the layoffs so the last three games, the Draymond, Wiggins, Kuminga front court is plus 32. They are winning those minutes. Like part of me sitting here going, if the lake, (laughs) I hate blaming the refs, but that fourth quarter whistle was a joke. Uh, And did they really lose this game because they couldn't guard down the stretch? 
or did the players who would be guarding LeBron just get fouled off the floor? The backups to those players are on the injury list, so we're stuck with Corey Joseph and Pods, who, like, let's be realistic, I don't think that was Steve's first or second choice in terms of who he wants matching up uh, on an, you know, like an ATO where, you know, the ball's going to LeBron. That doesn't make it any different. That doesn't say they don't have problems, but it does feel like, and, and this was my optimism in the preseason and then you know of course Wiggins comes out out of shape playing awful basketball and then Draymond decides uh to join like the WWE or whatever the the heck was going on the first half of the season so we never even got to see it through the first 41 games for being honest um this was kind of always my hope at the best lineup of for this roster and it is working they just haven't got the results from it well, they, they haven't got the results from it because it's not been enough. Like you just said, like, it's just, it, this should have been a lineup that should have happened on the fourth day one. Now, would it have been this successful day one? Probably not. Cause you talked about Wiggins with Kaminga making that year three leap, but it, 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 it kind of sucks that they're game 43 now throwing this lineup out and it's really working. The other thing I, I would maybe throw back at you is this. So they're missing a couple guys right now. They're missing GP2 or they're missing Chris Paul. I think those are the two big ones. I think we can safely put Moses Moody away for a little bit. So if you put Chris Paul on the floor in crunch time, who are you taking off? Because they're gonna start. They're gonna do that, right? And then if well, you I would GP2, hope that I would hope they wouldn't in this in this setup. The, the, hope, <laughs> right. the hope had always been that Steve would play the matchup, which is to say, when you're going against LeBron, um, you kind of have to have Kuminga instead of Chris Paul out the there hope. because the uh, just he has size. He has size. But, you know, there are matchups where you can go with the Chris Paul midget lineup. He's not healthy anyway. So, I, I, but, I, but I'm saying I just don't know how much that stuff fixes you, right? You, you can mm-hmm. argue that if they had GP2, they win last night. They, I, I think they probably do. Their, their biggest weakness right now is all all guys do is try fire. Like, it's a complete joke. The point of an attack defense. Guys just walk right to the rim, left and right. Every single game is the same thing. And that stuff, it doesn't change unless he plays. But he also can't stay on the floor both health-wise and also offensively, right? Like, he's not he right. can't play that many minutes in games. And then Chris Paul, it's the other way. It's Chris Paul's super they smart They could have used him slowing the ball down when they oh my God. in the fourth quarter. So oh, like, my. It's not like he's not without some use. Uh, like he, no, he would have. Like, last night, some of the some of the bad plays that they, like, dream on throwing the ball around a little bit, Pajumski taking a terrible shot. Like, that stuff goes away when Chris Paul's on the court on offense. But at, at the same time, like, he's so bad defensively, like, you can't play Chris Paul and Steph on the floor. So I, I, I don't know how much that ch- stuff changes the team. But I think maybe long-term, you can argue Draymond, Kaminga, and Wiggins works. Then, Sam, that begs the question, are those guys going to be on the team in a couple weeks? <laughs> if that's going to be the lineup that works, because I agree with you, that lineup looked pretty good when it did look good. Is it something that they're going to love moving forward? Because if it does work, you don't you don't trade those guys. Like if it, if it does work, you can't trade Wiggins. Like he is really good when he's good. He was, he was solid last night, right? So he was. Like, I think so I think he, he played hot potato in the fourth quarter, but undoubtedly he played really good basketball for most of the game. And he kind of had since Draymond came back. There's no denying that since Draymond's come back, Wiggins, the offense isn't where it was in 2022, but he's the like the energy and the defense is starting to get there. Maybe he just needed Draymond up his ass a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. The Light Years Podcast is brought to you by, and this is a great for this, Under Armour, baby. 
Curry brand, Steph Curry, makes you believe you can do absolutely anything. And Curry 11s are specifically designed with ultimate bounce, grip, and stability to allow everyone to do their thing. New generations of ball players are coming up, showing the basketball world that the old rules do not apply. The future is exciting, fast, positive, and hungry. This NBA season, rock with your favorite player and rep his shoes. On and off the court, I just got them. I just got the Bruce Lee, Steph Curry. Just got them yesterday. I will be wearing them Tuesday in my weekly pickup game. The Curry 11s are perfect for the committed and casual ballers. The UA Warp Tech makes the shoe feel like it was designed for your feet. Locked in, no matter what you do on the court. Stop in your tracks with your dual-density UA flow cushioning and traction. An emergency break you don't even notice. Steph's 11th signature shoe steps into the second decade of a sneaker career, pulling colorway inspirations from the wonders of a positive and modernized future. On or off the court, take these kicks with you when you leave the scrimmage and rep UA wherever you go. Do your thing. Change the game. Curry 11, Future Curry, available now at currybrand.com. All right, so so we're talking about it. Like, it is working, and I think this kind of, this stat I saw speaks to both the positive and the negative of the Warriors more than anything. Last night, Draymond was plus 31, <laughs> which means the Warriors were minus 32 when he was on the bench. Um, only... Like four players, only three players in NBA history have had a higher plus minus in a loss, which speaks to one, how good Draymond is and damn good basketball player does winning things. The second thing it speaks to is maybe Chris Paul solves this a little bit. Maybe, you know, Chris Paul, GP2 and Moody not all being out solves it, but it's like they just don't do anything. They don't play winning basketball without Steph and, and Draymond on the court. They didn't last night. That's kind of that's kind of where I'm sitting here, and I'm going, okay, if Draymond's on the court, Wiggins plays really well. If Draymond's on the court, Kuminga go looks like a budding star, quite frankly. Like he's been phenomenal for the month of January, and particularly in the Draymond lineups, um, as kind of you know, you might project. But all that goes away when Steph and Draymond are off the court and it kind of gets to your point, which is like, even if it's working in this context, is it enough? Huh. Uh, and, yeah. and, you know, you know, like I'm, I'm willing to throw the record out the window because Draymond literally didn't play the first half of the season, but is it enough for, to, to think like, we just need them to stay healthy and they'll be okay. Oh boy. What you sound, you know what you sound like right now? This is how I imagine the front office sounds like when they don't do anything on the trade deadline. <laughs> I, this is what I imagine that they're, they're saying, they're saying to people is that, you know, if we get Chris Paul back and he plays 20 minutes a game and he's he's leading the second unit, and then it's like, no, well, we watch Steve Kerr playing 30 minutes a game and just kind of extend him for no reason. Any, anyway, can I go back on one thing before we mm-hmm. move move on to this stuff? It's Draymond was incredible last night. Draymond played a game that I thought that's what the Warriors consistently need from him. They need him to play with the type of energy that reminds you of what makes him so great. Regardless of whether he was playing LeBron or AD, Sam, I thought he like I thought he was cussing those dudes. I thought he was talking shit. It was the type of Draymond where it's, he's towing the line. Maybe he crossed the line, but he didn't get caught crossing the line. He just went there just far enough to where he was like a madman, right? He's swearing on guys. He's calling Jared Vanderbilt the B word. He's he's blocking LeBron at the rim. He's contesting Anthony Davis. He's playing great defense. He's barely turning the ball over. I, I thought that was probably the best Draymond game I saw this season. I don't think it's close. If they get that version with him, um, that's great. 
but to your point about being them being dependent, I think that's why they brought Chris Paul. I literally think that that's why the Chris Paul stuff. By the way, Chris Paul wearing a huge chain last night, brother. Ain't you for like forty? What's happening there? Um, I, very odd. But uh, brother, I think the closer I, you get, the closer you get to forty, you start feeling things. I very odd. Is he is he married? I don't know. He's a kid, obviously. Right? Yeah, like, he's, he's insane. He's, okay, yeah. it's odd with the chain, but um. <laughs> um, I know I lost my chance. I'm just straight. Great Draymond live. Game. Great Draymond game. I think they can argue that Chris Paul coming back solves a lot of issues, uh, where they're less dependent on Draymond, especially in the second unit. So I don't know. I don't know, Sam. That doesn't make me feel that much better, though, does it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this leads to kind of a philosophical question: whether you care about the numbers or just going off your eyes. The Steph, Clay, really it's the Wiggins, Kuminga, Draymond. That's like their best front court. Uh, it wins, and you could say get guys healthy and add like a bit piece to the front court because their biggest issue right now is Looney. Well, one of their bigger issues is Looney's unplayable, so they don't have a center option, period. You know, you can't really play Looney much anymore. Uh, Trace, energy's nice, but he is 6'8", and like he's – a rookie in some ways it's like, and I like pods a lot, but it's uh, if you're counting on him to be in your eight man rotation, you're not going anywhere, you know? Um, And then like Dario Sarge was always brought in to be kind of a shooter off the bench, not be your like rim protector or anything. Like you can make an argument that what if they just add like a front court piece for depth and lean into it and let's see what happens in the playoffs or, or you could argue the opposite, which is what's that do? That gets you in the play-in. Maybe you win a play-in and you make your tough first round out. Maybe you get to second round, but you're not going much farther. So real question at the deadline is, do you make moves to bolster that lineup? Or do you make moves that would rapidly change the complexion of the team, uh, but maybe put the team in better position for next year? So like the obvious candidate is the DeJounte Murray trade. Uh, DeJounte is undoubtedly talented. Uh he would increase the talent level on the team. I'm not convinced he makes them better in the short term because you're rapidly, you're just changing the construct of the team doing that on the fly. It feels almost like a move to be way better for next year than to uh, be better this year. Like you get rid of Wiggins and you bring in DeJounte. I think you've added more talent to the team, but you've changed its construct with 25 games to go. Usually history tells us, uh, that doesn't help you in the playoffs. It might help you for next year, though. Are we doing the DeJounte thing right now? Sure. I, mean, I use okay. it as an example. Yeah. He's, okay. he's clearly the biggest name. I don't know. It sounds like he's going to be moved. Yeah. He's, um, and I, and I, some, for many reasons, I doubt that the Warriors are at the front of the line of it. But your philosophical question, I think, is, is interesting because I think the Warriors are going to just double down. I don't think they're going to try to do anything crazy to be better next year. Um, I think they're just going to double down and say, we're close. We're close, right? We figured something out. The Draymond Wiggins Kaminga thing is, is sort of there. Chris Paul is going to be back. GP Hughes is going to be back. Can we move some piece? This is why I think Moses Moody is going to be gone. Like, do, can we can we maybe just move some guys to bring in some, some maybe some depth guys, maybe get off Wiggins' contract and maybe elevate Moody, something like that? I just I think they think <laughs> they're close enough to where one they think they can make a comeback and win enough games if they add one or two pieces. Two, 
they just aren't really a risky team. Like they're not going to do the LeBron thing. They're not. They're not yeah, going history, to trade history, a future pick, right? History tells us they're uh, pragmatic. Yeah, prag, prag. When they, when risk averse, yeah. whatever, whatever. Pragmatic's like the nice way to say it. Scared is what it is. Like it's just they're they're gonna they're just they're not gonna do anything that I think is gonna jeopardize twenty twenty eight. And you could argue like whether that's the right. I would say like twenty twenty eight. They're cooked anyway. Like, like be for real. Like they don't have anybody on the team that's helping them in twenty twenty eight win real games. Um, and that's where I think they're they're gonna kind of ride this out. You called this two weeks ago. I was hoping this wouldn't be the case, and. Um, now that Siakam's off the market, and, uh, and I just and wonder, this is where we are. This is how they look. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me now, which is a little sad. I just wonder if I don't know. Uh, I think that I, I think if you look at the Warriors, here's your here's your high level overview issue that the front office is seeing. The big money guys are not producing like big money players. Steph is, Draymond has not all season, not because of his play, but because of just getting suspended. Wiggins probably has the least excuses of anyone because he's 28. This should have been the year Wiggins is carrying the every night torch. You know, Clay has been subpar, but his contract expires and he has the injuries. So it's like they're going to deal with Clay no matter what in the offseason. Wiggins, in some ways, is really the one that is like, you know, dude, you're 28. We're expecting you to be uh, 2021. 22 two-way every night and you've been anything but that you know um and so i do wonder if part of them just like man we just need to get off it we need to go in a different direction we need a player we can count on more in that salary slot or and maybe it's a different type of player yeah i or do they believe that if he just reverts back to that guy right that he that that contract is still really good Next year again, it, like we, that contract is good if he plays like the guy exactly. in 2022. Exactly, uh, that contract is unmovable if he plays like the guy he was from November until Draymond came back. It, and that's they, like the wildness of it. It's like that's such a wide range. That's right. it, imagine if they. What is their record if they have 2022 Wiggins, even with Clay declining and Draymond going WWE? 26 and 24 19 flip the record yeah at least they're they're sitting right where dallas and like those teams like sack are right like though like solid playoff teams you know uh, right in the mix so do they say why would we go get off this contract for selling for pennies on the dollar yeah why would we i I don't know i i I actually kind of this is where i kind of empathize with the front office where i'm kind of like Shit, that's a decision that I don't. I don't know what you're supposed to do. I I, re- I really don't because they're not trading Wiggins for C- like that's not the trade. It's not Wiggins for a star. It's we get off twenty eight thirty million for the last next three years, right? Like that's yeah, that's twenty five twenty twenty six a year for the next three <sighs> years. You, it, it would be like doing the Jordan Pool trade again, honestly. Oh yeah, yeah, just, that's perfect. Where, where, that's where perfect. they're just like. I mean, Chris Paul has some value, but the main value is it's an expiring contract versus a four-year commitment. Yeah. I mean, that's I that's tough. You could argue that, dude, just like play him out. Maybe think about it in the offseason. If he has a strong second half, you have better options in terms of keeping him or letting him go. Uh, or, or you could look at it the other way, which is like, man, it can only get worse. So... Uh, and then we haven't even talked about the fact, like, how much are they willing to pay for? Because right now they're on pace for 
$400 million payroll, 200 million Ooh. taxes, and they're not in the plan. You know, I think Joey's willing to pay that for playoff revenue because he tends to make most of it back. But you're not even going to do that. Like, I don't, I don't know. You could argue get rid of Wiggins, bite the bullet, try to get DeJounte. Now you got a, an elite playmaker and point of attack defender, and you're hoping Kuminga grows up to be your wing stopper sooner than later. Or you could look at it from the standpoint of that's a lot of money to spend to maybe not even get that much better. And maybe we just need to tear it down in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All and right, then, all right. and then I've seen the chat mentioning like Claxton, obviously the Hawks want to get rid of Capella. Who's older than Claxton, but like, what if you insert a real center because Looney's no longer playable? Like does that change? And there's a lot of different ways to go about it. We've got 10 days. We'll find out. 10 days, man. We've got 10 days. Here we go. The light years podcast is brought to you by sleeper fantasy. The NBA season, we are midway through the season, which means you now have a chance to 100x your cash on daily fantasy basketball. Basketball has never been more exciting. We just watched the game of the season last night uh, than it is now with players like Stephen LeBron, Stephen LeBron, Stephen LeBron. That is that those are the two best players. You can always bet on those guys. Pick more or less on stats for those two guys, like points, rebounds, three-pointers, steals, double-doubles, and more. Four up to 100x payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right, and you can win big. Use promo code LIGHTYEARS, and you get to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 25 states. I got Sleeper today. And we are brought to you by Game Time. Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seats, and the and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in tickets, show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. We've got upcoming concerts in the Bay Area. Um, there, there's uh, there's my girl uh, coming to the city or coming to Oakland uh, in a couple months, uh, IU. So I'll be going there and uh, we'll, be, we'll be locked in. I'll be using game time. Uh, Oakland Arena, by the way, Sam, that's, uh, that's where the Warriors used to play. She will be there. Uh, and I'll be using game Chase. Time to buy Chase couldn't get her. No, Chase. So, so here's what happens in the Bay Only Area. Andrew Bocelli. <laughs> By the way, you always mention him. I like. I still have no idea who he is. Um, the uh, the foreign uh, stars. They they their first go around. You know, they're not Taylor Swift, so they tend to check out like the. I hate to do this, but the second rate uh, stadiums, and then after that, they'll go to your Chase centers. They go to SoFi Stadium. They'll go to all of that. That's where it's that's just, where you can start using. It's it. just interesting to me because like it's the same capacity. So like it's you're it. betting you can sell out 17, 18,000, which I believe you can. But why 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 the um the Oakland Arena? That's not Oracle anymore. Um yeah, yeah, Oakland Arena versus versus Chase, you know? I never never understand it, but you know, um that you, regardless of which arena you choose, game yeah. time. Game time. That's true. Game time. You know, with those zone deals, you pick the section, game time picks the seats, uh, you get savings, and game time guarantee means you always get the best price, right? And if you don't, they credit you 110% of the difference. 
Um, so, so anyway, take the guesswork out of buying your tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LIGHTYEARS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code L-I-G-H-T-Y-E-A-R-S for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. We'll get to some callers in a minute. I do want to talk Kuminga with you for a second. You were you were traveling this week, so we didn't get to catch up on it. These are Kuminga's stats in January. 20 points in under 30 minutes. <laughs> it, he's basically turned into the paint king, like outside of Zion and uh, Giannis, who are different animals. I mean, near 60% on, on, from, the, from the field, over 60% on twos. Uh, finally, putting that athleticism and strength to use and dunking all over the place. Yes. Defense still needs some work, such as how LeBron exposed him at the end of the game there. Yeah. Also that's LeBron James, but in theory, your hope is Kuminga one day becomes a guy good enough to guard the LeBrons of the world, which, uh, which at least Wiggins at one point was and kind of is. So, and I think this is the other calculus that's going to come into the deadline. There's no way they're trading him. I think we knew that a week ago. I think it's just, uh, if you look at the way the Warriors are treating this, it's like he's a rising star. Unless it's a Giannis on the table, like they're going to hold on to him. I, I've, I've already ruled him out of any possible yeah. trade. Yeah. You know, when they weren't willing to discuss someone like Siakam for him. They're not going to discuss DeJounte Murray, and there's really no. no one else who's going to be moved at the deadline who I think they should even think about, to be honest, at this stage. You know, like he's the one guy, and I'm 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 the bad guy with with Jonathan Kaminga, but I I do think he's the one guy on this team that they could use a little more of in crunch time. They don't have much, Sam, in crunch time. They, they really yeah. don't. I, I think Clay's just strictly a spot-up guy. Every time he dribbles, it's disgusting. And Wiggins is so petrified out there. Draymond's obviously, he's, he's setting screens, right? You don't, you don't need him mm-hmm. doing much else. I do think they could use a little more Kaminga. I do think they could use a – maybe not ISOing. I know they tried to do that with the Kings a little bit, and he kind, mm-hmm. of, he kind of just lost the ball. Can, can you get him in, in a pick and roll? Can you get him on a secondary action where he's cutting to the rim, where he's, 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 he's coming off a screen, he's getting the ball, and he's driving? Can you get him a little more going where he's just not standing in the corner and then he's the release valve to shoot a three? Like that, That's not taking advantage of his skills on offense. They have so many issues in crunch time having rim penetration. It would be really nice, really nice if – because – I don't know how great he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be the superstar, but they could really use his skill set. And yeah. he can make free throws, right? He can actually make free throws versus, versus Wiggins. My fucking God, some of those free throws that he shot last night, like, not even close. Kaminga, at least, he's not scared out there. So I think that's where the potential for him to fit on this team. I think that's that's crucial because, look, man, I, I, today's NBA, I don't know how much you can guard guys anymore, but if they had just scored can they have? Can they just got? Can they just get a dunk or an extra layup last night in the end of the fourth quarter? They win that game, and, and they just they just didn't score for four straight minutes, man. They did not score for four straight minutes, and that's where can you get Kaminga to get some of those looks versus Harris Clay shooting another one-legged contested three from thirty, right? Mm-hmm. Can, can we get? Can we get Wiggins and then throwing is- it to Draymond, throwing it to Steph, and then Steph's double covered by AD, right? Like, can we just? You know, I think that's where that's where it'd be. I, I agree with you. I mean, he's 
the difference between him and Wiggins uh, offensively is like he's by default more aggressive, and that can work right uh, in his favor and against it, but more in his favor. Uh, Wiggins just is not wired that way. Uh, as well as he played, I, I still think he's petrified to shoot the ball in the fourth quarter. Uh, he had that Wiggins had that one wide open catch and shoot that two years ago he would just he'd take it. He immediately passed it to a more covered Clay because he didn't want the shot. And of course, Clay threw up a brick. But it is what it is. I do agree with you. They they just need to get Kuminga going because like their biggest their biggest crunch time issue is it's three guys who don't want to shoot the ball around Steph and Clay. Uh, and that's why everything turns into hero ball threes because. Yeah. What else are you going to get if, you know, Draymond's just looking to reverse the ball to an open shooter at all times. Uh, Wiggins doesn't want to shoot the ball. And then um, Kuminga, you kind of have to set him up. I guess that's what you're really saying, which is uh, he can't go. You can't throw it to him like you used to throw it to Kevin Durant, like shocker. Right. So you got to find some way to get him going. But you know they they I think too that the the interesting part with Wiggins and and Kuminga defensively is. They're not that good. <laughs> They're just not. I know Iguodala is great, and I bring Iguodala up all the time. Those two guys just aren't. Yeah, Iggy's, Iggy's a Hall of Famer. But do, are they are they better than average defenders? Either of them? Or are they just guys that look like they can defend and and they're just they're just kind of Wiggins is I, I Wiggins is tricky because he has shown he right. can be a very good defender. Not right now. Um. This season is not when he's shown it, but the 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 bigger thing is Kuminga is more theoretical than anything that I agree with. Like you look at him, he has a flash play against Tatum here and there, and you're like, oh damn, he turned the corner, but he hasn't actually turned the corner, right? Defensively, Wiggs at least put together a couple seasons of damn good defense. So uh, I don't know what you do with that because he's not been good for vast majority of this year defensively, but at least he's shown it. Whereas Kuminga. Um, the first season he puts together a great defensive year will be the first season he does yeah. it. You know? Anyway, I, I just wanted to bring – I know we're talking about the good parts of this, but it's just – those are your two wing guys. And um, yeah. they got to play better defense. Are you want to take a couple goon callers and call a day? Let's go. Let's go. Fox Hayes, first to request. By the way, if you guys want to call in, hit the hand at the middle. Uh, we are live on playback per usual. Goons. So. Goons, goons, goons. Hey, what's up, boys? Yo. What's up, man? Key turn up your mic a little bit. Sir. All right, cool. My bad. I had the mic. I have my uh, headphones in. Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, Real quick, um, like I said, I'm from the DMV. So these weekend games are a little bit easier to watch. But, like, these close games, I've never – I don't think I've ever in my recent memory remember the uh, Warriors being – having this many, like um, – close games where they don't come out victorious. They're not really good overtime um, basketball team anyway. So when it went to overtime, I was like, oh, man, I think they're going to lose. With the uh, refs, a couple of things that um, I think that was, like, messed up was the uh, phantom call that happened. Um, Also, that um, lane violation that they called on Draymond uh, where – D'Lo got an extra uh, foul shot. And then um, a couple like like when when, uh, Steph was boxing out to AD, I think that was a a bad call as well. And then Kerr, who never challenges something, challenged 
a uh, a call that I, I think had no shot of being overturned. So he lost his challenges, and that would have been big uh, at the end of the game. Um, you would think after all of these um, close games that the Warriors would have some type of poise or something, a game plan for a final shot or something to do, you know, before to you know, close these games out. Like a Tom Brady, whenever there's like a two-minute warning and he was going down the field, you would know he would probably most likely get a touchdown or get his uh, his uh, his team into a field goal range, you know, to close out games. And that's how he used to win all, most of all of his uh, Super Bowls. So I don't know why with this team and this championship experience, they don't have something like that that they can go to. Um, overall, I thought the game was exciting, but, you know, you're a Warriors fan, so it's kind of like you're on pins and needles. Um a couple of guys, uh, Kaminga was good. I think that um, maybe uh, like um, Andy was saying, like maybe they should do something to where they can train Kaminga to do things like what Giannis does, where he has no dribble bag, but he can penetrate and use his athleticism. I know he's not as big as uh, Giannis, but other people like Westbrook or um, John Morant, you know, just do these line drives to the basket and they can get the whistle blown. I don't know why he can't do that. Wiggins was okay. I guess subpar. Draymond green was big. Uh, it's a shame that Wiggins and clay Thompson fouled out. Clay was cold at first, but then he came back and he was big time um, pods. Oh my gosh. That, that overtime shot that he shot. Do you guys remember that? Where uh, I think we were up two. And they passed him the ball, and it was like a minute left. And I think the first overtime was the second. I forget, but he just pulls up with a, with, yeah, with a three pointer when he could have. He could have like I don't know, man. <laughs> I, that, that was a killer. I, I thought you know. One more thing. Um, I was thinking about Claxton or another um, center like Capella. Since Looney looks like he's like cannot be played. He think he played five minutes where he should have just played five less minutes. Um. The Looney Dario Sarge um, line, um, lineup that Kerr threw out a couple of these games uh, earlier with the uh, starting lineup, he went away from that. But he went back to that uh, to kind of in the middle of the game. That's, I think that's where the game got away from the Warriors. Other than those two um, centers that you guys mentioned before, what do you guys, what other options could they do? Um, could they bring anybody up from the G League or Oof. something like that? Like any production from the center position would be great. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll hop off, guys. Go Niners! <laughs> hey, go Niners! Look at that! Look at that! Appreciate you, Fox. Uh, take the take the questions with you off stage just because we're getting feedback on your mic. Great recap of the game. He like went through all the he like went through all the big moments <laughs> from like the fourth quarter on. That was, uh, At memory. the risk of being the bad guy here. I didn't have a problem with the pod shot. I know you did. Um, in rhythm, he's a shooter. No it. one guarding him. Yeah. Uh, playing the result, it ribbing out and D'Lo. Oh God. D'Lo, honestly, I'm just annoyed that D'Lo has to be the one who who went nuclear on the Warriors. I feel like he's gone nuclear on the Warriors like a bunch every, of times since time. they dumped him. I think every he. Time. If, I think it's personal with him because I don't think Steve Kerr ever gave him a shot and maybe he shouldn't have, maybe they should have just never gone that way. But, uh, you know, when certain guys are like, Oh, Oh, you don't like me. I'm going to, I'm going to bring a little extra tonight. Yeah. 
I, I the I know I didn't like the punch. I didn't like it in the moment. I didn't like it after. I, it, it's not a result thing for me, but I, you know, it's one of those things. I think it's you can easily. It's not. It's it's actually you could argue it's why they lost, but I think the process was fine. Like you can get away with that process. I, I'm not too mad about that. But he talked about a lot of other things that that were mm-hmm. that were a lot more important. I think to this team. I mean, I mean, yeah. You can you can kind of. I mean, it's it's a fair question. So Claxton, it sounds like he's going to be traded. Good, young defensive center can really switch, can rebound, uh, and he's got the size. Unlike Trace, uh, who's six eight, you know, um, an actual like six eleven, seven foot guy. Do they just need to go get a center? Is that really what it comes down to? Because I don't think they would close with a center. But a big part of their success in the um, 2015 season was like Bogut did give them, you know, 25 minutes a game, and then they could close with the small ball lineup. Would it just, would everything be solved if they just had like a legitimate center? Everything, a lot of things would be solved. Because, yeah, a lot of point of attack, point of attack matters less if you actually have someone who can protect the rim, you know? Yep. Yeah, like I think it solves a lot. I mean, you can argue with me. I, I don't know what the return would be. I feel like Claxton's a really good player. Like I don't, I don't. Sam, you know a lot more than I. What What is going on there that he has to be moved? And what's the based on based on all the reports? Um, one, his contract's expiring, and he's unrestricted. Uh, and he apparently wants okay. okay. He wants mil. like twenty. Okay. Uh, right now he's at, right now he's making loony money. Uh, yeah. there's been some reports that the Nets are like. Rather just get a pick because we're we're not a you know yeah we're yeah, not a Claxton not. away from winning. Let's just cash out on him and let someone else get him. You know, so that's that's the reason his name is is coming up in these things. You never know how much of that's real versus the Nets seeing uh, if they could find a sucker to give him a bunch of stuff randomly. Uh, but he is an exciting name because you know defensively Claxton plus Draymond, very good. I think I think it does solve a lot. I haven't really thought about it that much. I've been thinking of point of attack and offense so much. But mm-hmm. um, but I think that's a great option. The chat throws out, and this is why we love the playback chat, Wendell Carter Jr., who's been playing very well the past couple weeks because I think he knows he's going to be moved. So he's playing very well. Um, he's, a, he's a good interior finisher. Uh, defensive, I don't know how good he is anymore, but he's always solid. But yeah, I think Claxton's an easy one where – he might just solve your defense. He might not solve you being a championship contender, Sam, but he might just solve your defense entirely. Yeah, the contract stuff, whatever. I'll let someone else deal with that. But if you're talking about this team getting better right now, if you can start, because Kavon Looney, hey, man, we love Kavon. We love Kavon. He's cooked. Like, I don't even know if he should be playing anymore in some of these games. Played five minutes last night, and there were minus 15 (laughs) in those five minutes. You could argue. It's not even possible. You could, I mean, Fox is not wrong. Maybe they just win the game if Looney is DNP'd. Maybe it's that simple. Or or maybe they just win the game if the refs don't decide to call BS like lane violations and inadvertent whistles to get the Lakers back into it. Inadvertent whistle was so absurd. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. I hate complaining about the refs, but honestly, if they just swallowed it down the stretch... Do they just beat the Lakers and you and I are talking a different game today? Probably. 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 So, yeah. Um, let's get to the next caller. That was the great stuff. All right, Will. Will, you've been you've been called up. Hey, what's up, Sam and Andy? How you guys doing? Pretty good. How are you, my man? Uh, good, man. Uh, two tough, you know, one score back to <laughs> back to back losses kind of sucks. But um I think 
Uh, I agree with what Andy was saying about the uh, needing a center might help solve a lot of these issues that we're having. Because like you said, if we have some more help on the back line, when that, you know, when our first line of defense gets beat, an actual center who can really like contest shots at the rim would really help us because like you said, Looney's cooked and then, you know, Trace is a rookie and he's six eight. Um I really think that any move we make at the trade trade deadline is gonna be marginal at best because uh in my opinion, maybe this is a little bit of copium. <laughs> I don't think we Should are the that copium far- graphic back up. <laughs> I don't think that we're that far off. Like we're in so many of these games and it's coming down to one or two possessions of either defensively or offensively. And now, you know, we, we're still not sure who our second consistent option is, you know, lately it's big, it's been, uh, Kaminga and then, you know, Clay will get hot like he did last night, um, in the second half. But, um, I I personally don't think that they move off of this Wiggins contract at the trade deadline. I mean, it just to me it doesn't really make a lot of sense when he's at an all-time low and he's been playing better these past 5 games. Um and I would like to see, you know, to see how that plays out throughout the season, but um yeah, I was wondering what do you think is the more big glaring issue, the defense or the lack of a consistent second option? I mean, it's a great question because I've gone in both directions all year. Uh, I still think defense, to be honest. Uh, I think they kind of need to solve both if they're ever going to get back into real contention. But I think solving the defense would move them firmly into the playoffs much quicker. Uh, Getting a better second option is going to make them more fun to watch for sure, but they're still going to be playing a lot of like close games down the stretch. So I, I, I think solving the defense is the first thing. And if you solve both of those, they might be back. And what would you do in your scenario with the nets uh, with Claxon? What do you think it would take to get him like Moody, uh, maybe GP two or another role player we have in a pick? Uh, do you think that would get it done? I think you're, yeah. So just looking at it, you're throwing Moody in there because you're not giving up Kuminga for obvious reasons. So you're giving him a young player who hasn't worked out so far for the Warriors. Probably throwing Looney just to match the contracts uh, would hurt hurt the locker room a little bit because of how much they like him. But like he's just not performing. And honestly, it has to be him or GP two. So if I'm getting a center back. I'd probably rather give up a center than a, a potential like point of attack defender. Um, and then, yeah, probably have to throw in some form of a, of a pick to kind of make it worth the Nets while maybe it's less. I mean, he is expiring. That's the thing. Like maybe, maybe Moody's enough I, in a second. I don't know. It, that's kind of what, what I'm thinking. I think it's probably Moody in a first to get him. Uh, and then you figure out in the off season retaining him. For sure, for sure. Well, um, yeah, let's see what happens, man. On February 8th, you know, uh, can't come soon enough, bro. Uh, I hope these games today are good. Um, Andy, uh, I'm a Raiders fan, so, you know, it would be <laughs> nasty work to see the Niners uh, playing a Super Bowl in our stadium. So, um, fingers crossed something else happens, bro. That's funny. Not tonight. Not tonight. Not tonight. I was... Uh... Yo. <laughs> what? Okay. 
appreciate you, Will. Have a great, have a great day. Oh, um, Niners Chiefs in Vegas. I hadn't even thought about it from the Raider angle, but it's like the the former local team and like your biggest historic rival. That's that wouldn't that make you feel a certain way, right? Yeah, so I think uh I think we're getting I think we're getting Niners Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And I think it'll be uh, the NFL wants Niner Chiefs. Um, you know, the if it, if it was Adam Silver, he'd make it happen. You know, the uh, I'm sure Roger Goodell uh wants to see it happen. So um I think I think we're getting that. All right. Hey guys, can you hear me? Hey, perfect. Oh, excellent. Uh, so first time caller, long time listener. Uh, I think uh, we're kind of uh, bypassing one of the big things for me in the last three close losses uh, where we lost to Denver, we lost to the Kings, we lost to the Lakers. From the start of the game of all three of those, we have Clay Thompson guarding Aaron Gordon, uh, LeBron James, and Harrison Barnes. All of them went off for more than 30. Like, I think if we were to get a Nick Claxton or something like that, I mean, that moves Draymond over, that lets them guard bigger guys, and lets Clay slide down to hopefully the second worst offensive player on the other team. Anyway, I just want to know what your thoughts are on that because I'm really, uh, I'm really tired of watching Clay guard bigger guys that he can't, he can't defend. Yeah, I mean, it's a good, it's a good point. I think everyone's a little tired of watching the Warriors play too small, too much in general. So, I mean, maybe that's the way they go. Maybe it isn't. It isn't anything else. Um, yeah, the the size stuff with the uh, with the Warriors have been a problem for a while. I think they've been trending that way because I think I think the Draymond at the five has always worked. Um, but I do think they've really, and we talked about this the last few years. Like they they really, I think, f- have have underrated the ability for you to just win these regular season games if you're just bigger, right? Like, yes, okay, in a playoff series, are you can you just put Draymond at the five and just speed your way through teams? Like, yes, you can, but you got to think about the 82 games. You got to think about the 82 games that you have in a season. You've got to have solid – yes, can is Brook Lopez going to be played off the floor a lot of times in the playoff? Yeah, yeah, he is. But are you also going to win 50 games because he anchors a defense? Yes, like he might be a fraudulent playoff player, but you kind of need these guys to win play- regular season games because of depth. You can't and, and you can't just have a shit ton of mediocre wings. And, and this is not a Moody issue, but like Steve Kerr, it doesn't care about Moses Moody playing, even though he's good and a wing because I got too many of those guys. He's gonna be, yeah. so if you give him a big. Does that help you just rebound a little bit better to protect the rim a little bit better? I, I don't know. I've been kind of we've been kind of wanting them to think more about that, but they they just they just haven't done it. And I think this is where you're at now. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, I think we should end it there. Go Niners. Um, yeah, let me get final pit. Let me get final. Give me give me score for both games. I, I think you and I are on the same page on this one. So I think the Niners win tonight. I, I think I think it's going to be like a 35-17 game, and then I, I think everyone's picking the Ravens. The over. over. I think it's. I think they blow them out. I think everyone's picking the Ravens. I'll go Chiefs. I'll go like twenty-one seventeen. I, I, I just. I don't know if Lamar. We'll see. I mean, this is Lamar's best team, best year, all that fun stuff. So he should win. But I'm going the Chiefs. Yeah. Um. I'm thinking higher scoring in that game than twenty-one seventeen. Uh, I'm gonna go. I don't know. I, th- I think I'll go. Yeah, twenty. Give me. Give me twenty-four. Twenty. Ooh. 
Okay, not um, too much higher though. Not no, too much no, higher. actually, it's as, be I game. as I was saying it out loud, I was like, "No, nah, it's gonna be a defensive game." You're right. It has You're to right. be right for the Chiefs to win. It has to be. They've they gotta make it ugly. They gotta make it weird. Both both teams. Both yeah. teams. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna go Niners 38-20. That's my prediction. All right, later, guys. Mm-hmm.